Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Paula Poundstone comes to Lincoln tomorrow at 7.30, a performance at the Lead Center, and she joins me this morning on Lincoln Live. Good morning, Paula. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing really well. I, I want to refer back to the first and only opportunity I've had a chance to see you live on stage at uh, the Lead. February 2017, you were there with Dick Cavett. Oh, what a great night that was. Yeah. I love it, Kevin. I have had him on this show many, many times over the years. Uh, of course, Lincoln, Nebraska guy. And I, I, could, I couldn't, I could yeah, really. I couldn't help but look at you the entire time, you and Dick up there on stage, and just wonder what was going on behind the stages or the prep work for that particular oh. night. Talk about working with Dick Cavett, would you please? Um, well, and we haven't worked together extensively, but it was uh, it was fun to be with him. I'm trying to think uh, how we, you know, I think we met at the show one time, and then I had him do a, uh, oh, I know, I know. When he was promoting his book, there was, uh, there's an event here in L.A. where um, writers interview writers, like, on stage. Yeah. And he, he had uh, asked uh, me if I would, you know, if I would be the interviewer. And uh, so that's, you know, that was really how I got to, to know him a little bit was from doing that. And we had a great time. And then uh, I think it was his idea that we worked together in, uh, in the weekend. So we were, we were on the heels of our successful writers interview writers night. That's what it was. Okay. And uh, so... Um, and so I I read his book for the purposes of uh, of interviewing him about his book, uh, and I did a little bit of Dick Cavett research. Not extensive. I won't be the one writing the uh, the, uh, the, the, the 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 biopic, um, but uh, you know I know some about it. You know what I what I had not known until I in, until I researched it was. Um, his impact on Watergate. Yes, Nixon which talked he's about him. Very proud of. Yes, I think it's. It, it, I think that's his most proud achievement is that Nixon, in a private but taped conversation, I believe it was with Haldeman, maybe um, uh, cursed about uh, about Dick and asked if there was. Anything they could do about him, mm-hmm. like in a like in a nefar- in a dark way. Uh-huh. Coming from uh, the mouth mouth of Richard Nixon, that's a little scary. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, uh, so anyway, so but I had not realized that you know one of one of the things that he did was he he sort of kept the topic in front of in front of us. You know, he um, uh, on his show he would have like you know he would have people that were the players in that whole thing. Uh, and uh, and it kept people, you know, because we have a tendency to, because there's always the next thing and the next thing to attend to. And so um, that was probably his main effect was just keeping it out there. 
and uh, it, and apparently it worked because it made Nixon mad. Yeah. Well, Paula, thank you very much for joining me and talking about Dick Cabot. Uh, no, we're, there you uh, go. <laughs> Paula Poundstone is coming to Lincoln tomorrow at the at the lead. I'm curious. Let's uh, let's let's go back even farther than four years ago, back to a time when you were doing comedy in Boston. I asked this question to a radio owner slash manager one time and and I, I got an interesting answer out of him I, I wondered if as a manager as an owner if he would have hired himself and I want to ask the same thing for you as a manager of a comedy club in your early days let's say when you were 19 when you're going around the country doing comedy would you have hired yourself for a comedy gig yeah yeah which uh, and by the way a lot of uh, a lot of people didn't um, but, you know, I, I started off doing open mic nights in 1979, and I, I don't really know what, it was sort of, uh, I read a book years ago about the history of man's relationship with water, and as near as I can understand, the various continents came to the idea of water travel at about the same time. And we had, uh, you know, I say we as if I was on these continents at the time, um, but the, the continents had no no um, experience of one another. You know, they couldn't be influenced. They couldn't go, well, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the Australians did it. Let's us do it. Because they, they had no way of communicating with one another. They didn't even know somebody was on another continent. Uh, so... I've never known why that was, but in the same way, although not as important, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, <laughs> comedy, comedy sort of had this resurgence, stand-up comedy did, in, in a variety of cities, all at about the same time, and I've never really known why. Uh, but at the time, I, I started out in Boston doing open mic nights, and, and when you think about it, well, okay, but there were open mic nights and there was this resurgence in stand-up comedy. Well, then where did these comics come from that one was paying to see, you know, the quote-unquote professional shows? And so we have these guys in Boston that weren't very good at all um, because they didn't have very much stage time. They just started out. And the way the producers dealt with that, uh, that, that had started these shows, was um, instead of having an MC, a middle act, and a headliner, um, they had like six acts. And each of the acts had like five minutes, and uh, and and so there were those five minutes were were relatively strong. Um, but anyway, my point is, I was I was you know I was five minutes away from being one of the uh, from being one of the professional comics in in uh, in Boston, and I, I just I didn't I wasn't part of the in crowd. And so I didn't really get work very much at all in Boston in the beginning. Then I went around the country. I took a Greyhound bus around the country to see what clubs were like in different cities, and I worked and I worked. And uh, I sort of ended up in San Francisco where I found a, a, a crowd that I really enjoyed. And uh, when, I went, when I went back to Boston, now it was all the rage. But uh, I, I decided from... You know, there were acts that used to, when there was the MC middle act headliner uh, format, there were acts who were always coming up to me saying, you know, how can I get this guy 
because there's always guys that own the places. How can I get this guy uh, to, you know, to make me a, a middle app instead of an MC? Or they would say, I want, you know, I, I want a headline. Uh, you know, I don't want a middle. We used to say to them, you know, you're a fool. I'd say, make yourself, the, you know, the best middle act you could possibly be and charge whatever you want for it. You know, as opposed to wedging yourself in. So I made this deal with myself that I would, um, that I would, I would work and work and work to get, to get good enough that if somebody didn't hire me, they looked like an idiot. Hmm. And so this is why I would hire me because I wouldn't want to look like an idiot. There. Very good. Good. Long answer for a short question. I was about to say, question. I'll bet the radio guy you asked answered it in like two sentences. No, but here's, here's what you do, Paula, and you do it so very well. Comedy is tough in and of itself, but what you've mastered is, is ad lib and improvisation. That's hard. In radio, we ad lib, and not everybody can do it, and I've seen it done more poorly than I have well many, many times. But you've mastered that, and that's part of your, your act, and, and you're bringing that to Lincoln. You will interact with the audience tomorrow night, won't you? It's my favorite part. I do the time-honored, where are you from, what do you do for a living, and in this way little biographies of audience members emerge and I use that from which to set my sails. So no no two shows are ever the same. And uh, you know, sometimes they'll say something that reminds me of a story and I tell the or a piece of material and I tell that. Um, I, you know, uh, and then within the same conversation obviously I say stuff that is unique just to that night. Um, and uh, you know uh, um, it's it's a little bit like a cocktail party, I think. You know, we go in and first you talk about how hard it was to find parking and that you got lost. And then somebody says, oh, I'll tell that story you used to tell until so you tell an old story. And then you all talk about current events for a few minutes. And then somebody on the other side of the room spills a drink and you mock them. That's kind of the whole, you know. And the whole time you're thinking in your head, oh, my God, they hate me. That's, hmm. that's, no, that's and, what and, I do at every. But I, mean, what, I don't do that on stage, but I do it at every party I've ever been to. Well, it works whether you're in San Francisco, Lincoln, Nebraska, or Boston. That, and that's that my kind of tour route, works. by the way. And that that's puts, my tour route. Yeah. I just go back and forth from San Francisco, Lincoln, Nebraska, Boston. One time I did Sioux Falls, but outside of that, it's San Francisco, Lincoln, Nebraska, Boston. And then again, and then again. That's your circuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, I'm hot on that circuit. Can't get work anywhere else. Well, that's, that, that's the way you get to be one of uh, Comedy Central's 100 greatest stand-ups of all time, by, by that circuit. Yeah, it is. I watered it down a little bit with Sioux Falls, but outside of that, San Francisco... Lincoln, Nebraska, Boston. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, it. that's the way you do it. Well, hey, Paula, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Um, I I think I'm. I haven't worked out all. I haven't paid the right people yet, but I think I'm going to do a meet and greet with you maybe Saturday after your show. I'm going to I'm going to try oh, to get cool. that. Okay. Try to get that's that all right. lined up. We can talk about Sioux Falls. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, the all the stories, memories. The Sioux Falls, the Sioux Falls stories I have. <laughs> The memories. 
All right, Paula, looking forward to it. Thank you. Lincoln, Nebraska, Paula Poundstone is coming tomorrow night to the Lead Center. Thanks for uh, taking some time, Paula. See you tomorrow night. It was nice talking with you. Take care.